Vegas is expecting Nittany Lions to beat the Auburn Tigers on Saturday. What needs to happen for the Auburn Tigers to emerge victorious? We jump into it on today's Locked on Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast crossover. This is also Locked On Nittany Lions with new Locked On Nittany Lions host, Zach Seiko. Welcome to the network, my friend. Hey, it's great to be a part of it. Really excited to see what we can all continue to build together. Yeah, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, Uh, The timing, obviously, perfect from an Auburn perspective because we get now to peek behind enemy lines and you get to do so the same. Big matchup this weekend. And, man, as I look and watch the first two games over again that the Nittany Lions played earlier this season, obviously Purdue and then Ohio, to me it seems like this offense is Sean Clifford and it starts and ends with him. Yeah, it definitely does, because if you remember last year uh, when they were all in the media and everything, the second he got hurt, the train went off the rails because he wasn't the same. Uh, They kind of had it figured out in the Michigan State game, but after he got hurt in Iowa, they lost in nine overtimes to Illinois. How could we not remember? And then they had to – now he was sick with the flu in the game against Rutgers. I don't know how many people followed that game closely in SEC country. But he was benched into the second half, and Christian Bayer had to come into the game. So, like I said, just not the same. The offense wasn't the same once he got hurt. But now you look through two weeks, 35 points and 46 points. I know it was Ohio. Okay. Uh, but back-to-back weeks of a lot of scoring. And they pulled him uh, in, the, in the third quarter to get the freshmen some experience. So he, he's made the offense go. Uh, even though he's actually picked up some good amount of criticism from Penn State fans, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like the, that always happens with these quarterbacks that have been pretty steady. And it's like the grass is not always greener when you lose some of these guys. But how much is the performance that he had last year against Auburn, how much is that kind of giving this Penn State program and Penn State fans a lot of confidence? I mean, Auburn... Um, Auburn did not force hardly any incompletions uh, against Penn State a year ago. Yeah, I mean, last year, putting up 28 points, and it did still come down to the final play. I know that there were still questions about the offense going into that game. I mean, Jahan Dotson had a monster game. Yeah. Uh, he did that basically all season, and he's not back. He's with the Washington Commanders in the NFL. Uh, but this is a diverse offense. With last week seeing some of the freshman running backs, I mean, particularly Nicholas Singleton, you have him emerging. So that's kind of the biggest thing for Penn State's offense, if you're asking about that. Because now, when it comes to defensive game planning and everything, you don't just have to say, okay, let's find a way to shut down Sean Clifford because we don't have to worry about the running game. That's not the case anymore. Auburn was like, oh, man, we got to think about really scheming for Singleton or just basically any of the backs now that Penn State showed that they can run the football. I mean, Penn State hasn't had a 100-yard rusher since 2020 against Michigan in that COVID season, and then before that in 2019 in Beaver Stadium. So it's a good thing that Penn State's had the running game 
emerge again so that defenses at least have to say, okay, we got to respect both sides of it. And we can't just say, let's do everything to do to shut down Sean Clifford. So you, Penn State feels good about the running game because I look at Singleton and, and no disrespect to the guy, but sure, he got his yards against Ohio. I think he had a really big play against Ohio, if I remember correctly. He had two. Two? He had, yeah. He had three. Really? Three. Okay. Yeah. So, but to me, he doesn't seem like the kind of back that can consistently create his own space. I think a lot of that is scheme. And it doesn't matter. I mean, if you get yards, you get the yards. But I don't think that's going to be part of what makes Penn State successful on Saturday. I really think it's all going to be the passing game. If that's the case, I think it's going to be continued. It's going to be a continued balance. They need yeah. that running game to uh, to help Sean Clifford. They're going to need some play action. They've uh, put some under center. Uh, Penn State has been all all out of shotgun since it's been nine years since James Franklin took over. It's been all shotgun. So when they added this under center wrinkle just a year ago, last yeah. year under Mike Yersich. Everybody went nuts, and now they're starting to put the tight end a little offset in the backfield to give a perception of a fullback. Um, I mean, if the passing game works, you know, it's, it has to be a balance because the the running game is actually just it, – it's going to be needed in this case, at least definitely right now and maybe down the road against teams like Michigan and Ohio State, where you're going to need to close Auburn out because it's going to be a close game. Sure. And you don't close a team out by throwing bubble screens – and, and quick slants and everything else. And Penn State tried to do that last year, and it looked look what it led to, a 7-6 and six record. Yeah. What do you think this Penn State offensive line actually is? Because moments against Purdue, it was a little bit iffy. It obviously looked a lot better against Ohio, as you mentioned earlier. Yes, it, it was Ohio. But how do you expect this offensive line to perform this Saturday? And and I guess beyond, too. Once beyond, too. Once beyond. The offensive line has been at least solid up to this point, but they haven't faced any stellar defensive lines. Uh, you're not seeing Aiden Hutchinson in that Michigan defensive line uh, this time around. Um, you went up against Purdue, who has one of, probably one of the worst defensive lines in the Big Ten, and then Ohio. Yeah. Uh, guys, respectively, have looked good week in and week out, like some improvement. I mean, the biggest question mark's Caden Wallace on the right side. Uh, he had to get pulled in the Purdue game because Sean Clifford had got uh, right around defender, got right around the edge, big sack looked like to me when I was watching that game, like, man, that's it. This is, you know, we're getting down to crunch time here and you just let a big sack on third down. Bryce Eftner had to come into the game. And then this week you look at the tape against Ohio and then Caden Wallace does better. Bryce Eftner struggles. And so it's just kind of, it's hit or miss. And it feels like week in, week out, it's different. Uh, but the offensive line is probably, and they say this every year, I'll echo it again, this is probably the best group that they've had because of depth. Depth is uh, is the key here. You get transfers in. Uh, J.B. Nelson comes in from Lackawanna College. He saw some good playing time. Uh, Hunter Norzad, it'll be interesting to see what his status is but because he was banged up in the Ohio game. But you can put him at tackle because he started there for Cornell before he transferred. They've used him exclusively at guard. And then he's been the backup center listed behind Juice Scruggs. And Juice Scruggs is a guy that will play NFL football sure. for his career finished at Penn State. So you have a future NFL player on the team, some good veterans. Olu Fashion has kind of stepped up there for them. He hasn't allowed really any pressure on Sean Clifford, and that's important from the blind side. So 
you take that all into account and I say like overall the offensive line's better it's not perfect uh, but it is a week-to-week project if you will yeah yeah I mean for Auburn to pull off this I guess it's technically an upset in Vegas and we'll talk about bet online's line in a second but I think if Auburn is going to pull this out and kind of surprise some people, Zach, I think it's going to have to do with Auburn's pass rush. I mean, they've got some bookend edge rushers with Derek Hall and Ekuliota, and I think they're really the key to winning this game on Saturday. I mean, so when you look at these offensive tackles for Penn State going up against Derek Hall and Ekuliota, one of the best pass rushing tandems in the SEC, who do you kind of give the nod to in that specific matchup right now, if you had to guess? Honestly, the defensive line uh, for Auburn, because this is going to be the toughest opponent that Penn State has seen. Uh, they went to the blackout against Purdue. This is also the toughest environment. Uh, is Auburn doing the, you know, the orange uniforms to go with the orange out or whatever? But nevertheless, it's going to be, down the SEC country, a place that they've never played before in Jordan Hare. And the offensive line is going up against the best athletes, you know, let alone, okay, well, they're defensive linemen, this, but they're going to see different blitz pattern going to see just the best athletes all season so far right here at three. It's nice that they had a little tune-up game against Ohio, but it's been pretty easy sledding uh, and you're getting a tough test right out of the gate uh, against an unfamiliar team. At least you know what to expect against Ohio state and Michigan and what yeah. they bring is the powerhouse teams of the big 10. But for, for Auburn, you don't know what to expect, even though you played them last year. And I think it's going to shell shock them a little bit, especially early in the game. Yeah. Auburn going into this game with different OC and a different DC than, than a year ago. Obviously, Brian Harson's still the head coach, so we'll see how much of that trickles down and how much changes. But in a moment, let's touch on what this game looks like when Auburn has the football in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Zach, you know this. I know this. Uh, this crossover is brought to you by our great friends at Bet Online. They are the spot for all of your betting info as well as lines and props all over the place. Zach, Bet Online has... Um, Penn State as a two and a half point favorite in Saturday's contest. They originally had the over under at 49 points. It has since plummeted to 46 points, which I think is accurate. I think points are going to be hard to come by in Saturday's game. But look, if you feel good about this, if you're listening, you're watching right now and you feel confident one way or the other about either of those lines, you need to sprint over to bet online Make your account for free today and get in on the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Zach, when you look at this matchup on Saturday, when Penn State has the football, what other things, and we talked about the defensive line versus the offensive line, but what else to you do you think really is going to sum up this game? Uh, The tight end play. Theo Johnson was seen back at practice today when media was allowed to go shoot some. I saw that. Yeah. 10, 15 minutes. And, and I think Theo Johnson's going to be, he could be one of the best weapons that Penn State's seen in a long time uh, in that tight end room because they've had Mike Kosicki. They've had Pat Fryermuth. And now is that the time being passed to Theo Johnson? He was a 97 out of 100 on 24 seven sports, not too long ago when he was a recruit. And it's just like, it's, can it be about time already? Uh, for Mike Kosicki, it took a little bit, a little bit, but I, I want to see 
Penn State's red zone team continue yeah. to do. They were successful in Purdue. They were three for three. But if they get down to the red zone, they can't settle for kicks because Jake Pinninger has been com- honestly just unreliable. They talked about in the press conference that if it came down to a long game-winning field goal that was 50-plus yards, they're going to turn to Sanders to Haydeck. So that doesn't really instill any confidence in me that, okay, well, Penn State drilled down the field. They got inside the 10 and they're going to have to settle for some field goals or maybe even some longer ones. And it's just like, you want to up that game inside the red zone. And if Theo Johnson's back this week, you would like to have your six foot six target ready to go in jump ball situations. Yeah. All right. So what is your perspective? Cause I'm sure you've been following this Auburn team uh, because I mean, this is just a big matchup. We've all been excited about this all summer. What do you think about Auburn's quarterback situation and how they've handled it? Uh, I mean, they've handled it the best that they could, especially since TJ Finley's been there. Uh, He's been the guy. He just kind of reminds me of Cam Newton in the sense that he can't really throw as well. Um, I know Cam Newton was a Heisman candidate, but it's the same build. It's the same way that they're, they're not blazing sprinters. That's what Robbie Ashford is. I'm actually worried about him. Sure. Uh, But but TJ Finley is just basically a Cam Newton prototype that really just can't throw as well. Uh, And, and, you know, I'll I'll, I'll say that in the, in the crossover here with the Auburn guy. Okay. Um, But the quarterback situation is what it is. I think Penn State wins that battle head to head and who has the better passing game, who has the better signal caller, uh, and it's just and TJ Finley's a really good athlete. I don't know how much of a quarterback he is necessarily. I mean, that's why they brought in Robbie Ashford quite a bit to be a, a change of pace quarterback. If uh, if you've ever had that before, a change of pace quarterback. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think you're going to get some funny responses um, for for your comments about TJ. A lot of the fan base is not too keen on him. I think he's done okay. You know, throwing three picks so far is not ideal. Obviously, Zach, especially against the level of competition that he's played. But the second half against San Jose State was the best performance I've seen from him so far. We'll see if that carries over into Saturday's contest at all. I'm expecting less Robbie Ashford on Saturday as far as the rotation goes. Um, Just kind of a gut feeling on that. But also, like, I kind of want to see it because the whole argument against putting Robbie in just to run these, like, wildcat-type plays is, you know, an SEC or a Big Ten caliber defense will be able to key in on it. I want to see if that theory is true because I guess we don't really know until it happens. I think you'll see more of them, if I'm being honest, because this is in terms of importance for Auburn, the game's just right. I mean, it's the same thing for Penn state. It's right underneath that, that Auburn Alabama game. It's not the same, but it's right underneath there. You're not going to see Penn state for who knows how long again, and not even a bowl game because bowl games are picked by the committees. Right. And those committees for those bowls are going to be like, well, we just saw Penn state Auburn play in the regular season. Why would we invite them to the same bowl? That's boring. Sure. Uh, So this is the last time the Tigers and the Nittany Lions are going to go up at it for a while, especially with all the conference movement and then making sure the conference schedules are longer. So this is a once in a lifetime type of game, at least for the moment, at least for the next decade or two. And I think they're going to get creative. I think you're going to see double quarterback sets. That's just from my perspective. Sure. And that's what I'd want to do. If I was the opposing coach and it's like, how do I attack Penn State? Penn State's defense is really smart. 
But I will say this outside of the secondary, there hasn't shown, they haven't shown a lot of athleticism to this point. Uh, The, the linebackers are getting there. There's, there's two components here. There's Tyler Elsden who's starting, who's probably going to have to spy a little bit. And then there's Kobe King. Kobe King's the athlete who could probably match the speed and athleticism of Finley and Robbie Ashford alike. Well, no one can, no one can out sprint Ashford. If he gets the corner, he's gone. Sure. I, I, I know that all too well. Uh, but Elsden won't move sideline to sideline with either of those guys. Um, so Penn State's really good, but Elsden's the smarter player. Uh, he's the starting linebacker because he understands how to set up the defense and where's everything going and to call out the checks and change the play. And Kobe King's still kind of learning that, but Kobe King has better athleticism and you want him on the field if you're going to if you're going to get any of those wacky sets with Ashford, Finley, Wildcat, whatever have you. Yeah, uh, and so. we we saw that one play against Mercer where Finley was at quarterback and Ashford was at like slot receiver. They motioned him in. TJ handed the ball off and then he ran a speed option and pitched it to Tank. Robbie did. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Then we haven't seen anything else. So maybe we'll see more of that on uh, on Saturday. As far as concern for Tank and Jarquez Hunter with Auburn running the ball, where are where's where's Penn State with that? And once upon a time, Penn State wanted Tank Bigsby. Uh, they wanted TJ Finley too. So these are guys that they both really respect. Uh, Jarquez Hunter, we know that he's just kind of in the line, you know, in the underneath the outside of the spotlight, I should say, because Tank Bigsby's Tank Bigsby. Sure. Uh, and just from, you know, knowing last year that both of those guys weren't the healthiest, they were just a little banged up throughout the season. Uh, and now that they're healthy, they're, they're in a different gear. They're, that, this is the best running back tandem and the best number one running back that Penn State, honestly, outside of Travion Henderson and Ohio State, may face all season. Uh, sure. And yeah, I know Mich- Michigan has Blake Corum and he's really good. So, But they're in that conversation. Yeah. They're in that conversation together. And Auburn's physical. Auburn's big up front. That's been my story all week and just talking about it with fellow people in the media, people I work with, Penn State fans, and saying it's like, you know, this is going to be a battle in the trenches, and Penn State doesn't do well against teams that are big, physical, like to run the ball. Look at Illinois in nine overtimes. Sure. Look at any time they play Michigan – uh, at least in the past five to 10 years, just Michigan's beat up on them. Uh, Illinois was able to hold its own, not, you know, beat them by any means, but they had control of that game because they were able to run the ball 10 yards almost every time. So that's why I expect Auburn to do it. I expect Auburn to run 50 plus times. Mm. Do you think they'll be able to, do you think they'll be able to have sustained drives and consistently move the chains when, when they're running on the ground? Well, here's the benefit for Penn State. Uh, if Penn State is able to get third and medium, they'll be able to stop them. And what's yeah. going to happen is Penn State is going to sell out for the run. How much it's going to work, I don't know, but they're going to sell out for it. And that's where Auburn's going to be able to get its chunk plays through play action, mm-hmm. reverses, where guys are flowing upfield because they have eight guys in the box. And then Auburn's going to be able to get those big plays. And then, you you know, you're giving you take with that. Um, but I think Auburn wants to control this game it's it's at jordan Hare. uh you look at that illinois film you i sometimes auburn i mean auburn rotates what four different tight ends uh they'll they'll get they'll get big along the line of scrimmage because it's worked uh harson knows that so the running game is the biggest concern for penn state 
But if you sell out for the run, you get Auburn to make, make its own on like a second and medium, you know, like a second and seven after they didn't get a bunch of yards. They go play action and TJ Finley misses a wide open wide receiver. Once it gets into third and long and like seven plus, that's where Penn State can win. And they got the secondary to do it. And they, and they don't need any help. The, the cover, no man, they can all be out on an island. Yeah. So it's going to be a matter of winning first and second down and getting to it and, and third and defendable, honestly. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some predictions. We will both make our predictions in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn and Locked on Nittany Lions. Shout out to our friends at Alumni Hall. They have locations all over the state of Alabama, as well as some other folks, but of other places outside of the state. But for all of your Auburn gear, Alumni Hall is the place to go. Got a message from a listener the other day that they have placed multiple orders and they don't currently live in Auburn or where there is a physical Alumni Hall. AlumniHall.com is the place to go if you are not in the area and you miss Auburn and you just want some Auburn gear. They also have just stuff, which is cool, whether it's, you know, obbies or tailgating gear or whatever it may be, Alumni Hall has you covered. So if you're an intense Auburn fan, be sure to check out our friends at Alumni Hall in person. They have one in uh, Tigertown, which I go to a fair amount, or of course, alumnihall.com. Zach Seiko, Zach Blackerby here with you. What, um, all right, let, let's jump into predictions here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, Zach. I think we're looking at, you know, the winner scoring 24 or 27, and I think the loser scoring around 17 or 20. That's that's kind of what I'm looking at. I'm thinking it's 24-17. I honestly think Penn State's going to win this game, but based on some of the stuff you've said today, I'm starting to, like, second-guess that. If, if Auburn could run the ball like you think they may be able to, um, Auburn may be able to win this game. Well, that's just it. I mean, you can see, look at the Purdue game, for example. Uh, Purdue threw for 300-plus yards, right? And normally that gets you a win. Sure. It didn't. Um, and Auburn very well might run for 200 yards, but I don't think it's going to get a win. I think that against your Tigers. Um, I think I think Penn State wins this, uh, but it is going to be by a field goal, and it's going to be really unca- uncharacteristic low scoring. Like, my my score prediction team i think there's going to be some missed field goals from jake penninger and penn state uh there's just going to plays where penn state is able to pin back its ears i uh, put finley in third and long and then they don't they can't complete the first down uh but it's going to take some trickery and it's going to take some take some change of pace type of stuff like i said i think you see robbie ashford more on the field just to give auburn that extra component of surprise uh but I don't, and I think Penn State, with a little bit of travel involved, a place that they've never been, they're not going to put up 30 plus points this time around. And I think Auburn's going to be really content with just playing ball control and keeping the football. Why, why shouldn't you give it back to the Penn State offense? Yeah. Just, your clock, the clock's your best friend. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 17 to 14 late in the game and Penn State's got to lead a game winning drive of some sort. You mentioned travel for Penn State. Have they found a way to get down here yet? I know there there was a concern that like they couldn't fly into the Montgomery airport and so they yeah. were looking at other options. Did they figure that out? I have the benefit of uh, being colleagues with the play-by-play voice of Penn State football, Steve Jones, and he was explaining to me all the 
the stuff that they've had, the changes going back and forth and where they're going to land, where they're going to fly into. Uh, it's a submissions uh, for things, but it, it sounds like they're going to fly in. No problem. Okay. Uh, they have a new destination, but it's not, it, it wasn't their first choice. Let's it, just say that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I know flying into Columbus was an option, which is about an hour and a half away from Montgomery. So if their hotel stays right. there, you know, maybe they just bus after they land. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, like plan C was bus 13 hours. And it's like, there is no way. There is no, no way they're busing 13 hours. I, honestly, and I think they'd lose that game if they had to do that. That'd be brutal. They, they need to fly in. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. That's important for sure. Hey, Zach, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me. And uh, of course, welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network. Tell everybody what all you got going on and how they can find all of your stuff, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, Locked On Nittany Lines, I will be your host. Uh, very eager, very excited to bring daily, uh, five days a week, Penn State content unfiltered right to you and, and be informative, be creative, and give you perspectives that it's like, okay, yeah, we need to keep an eye on this throughout the season, not just the generic, you know, blue and white. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, in the case of Drew Aller is the is a better Heisman favorite than Sean Clifford. And Drew uh-huh. Aller's uh, seen, thrown how many passes? Ten? And Sean Clifford uh, has seven touchdown passes to one interception and uh, over, over 400 yards passing. So uh, more than just y- your regular textbook stuff. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at Zach under Sato. Uh, but again, really excited to bring all of the Nittany Lion that people are craving every single day. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You'll be a great part of the network for sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Of course. You can read all my written work at AuburnDaily.com, and we will wrap up our week together tomorrow. This has been a crossover between Locked On Auburn and Locked On Nittany Lions. 